Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. For a while, the very idea of a boss battle felt like it belonged to a bygone age, an era of video game mascots, snappier arcade-style gameplay, and games that didn't just end on plot revelations or story beats. All those conversations about the gaming industry maturing out of these tropes were interesting, but as something like the Soul genre went on to prove, they sidestepped just how much fun and how memorable a final boss fight can be. Therein lies the challenge, though. As for a final boss, they need to represent the culmination of everything you've learned and prepared for, confronting you in a way nothing else has to make sure you earn those final credits. Some developers, though, do it better than others. I'm Scott from WhatCulture.com, and these are nine final video game bosses that required incredible skill. Also, a quick newer game spoiler note for Final Fantasy VII Remake, Hades, and Death's Door. Number 9, Shao Kahn, Mortal Kombat 2011. Any fighting game boss worth their salt needs to absolutely demolish the player in a few seconds just to establish that they mean business. 2011 Shao Kahn then was an absolute nightmare to fight, coming after a phenomenally innovative campaign where Ed Boon and Netherrealm designed the first fighting game story where bouts loaded in the background. The story confidently reapproached locations and characters from decades prior, and honestly, it's one of my personal favorites. Because of this relatively easy ramp up though, the fact Shao Kahn was damn near broken, spamming unblockable attacks, tanking hits, juggling you all the time and taunting afterwards made him infuriating. Defeating Khan came down to memorizing everything he could throw at you, down to specific animation frames so you'd know when to actually start a string of moves. Noting which of your own attacks could be spammed and which might stunlock him into giving you the upper hand was paramount. To this day, I don't know anyone who fought Shao Kahn fairly, instead lowering themselves to his level just to make it through. Number 8. The Ender Dragon Minecraft the vast majority of Minecraft players won't do anything other than live a lovely, mostly carefree life of house building, resource gathering, ore mining, and whatever other idyllic frivolities come to mind. They'll also be scared half to death in the middle of an in-game night by a witch, or have their living room decimated by a creeper, but that's by the by. Point is, Minecraft does have an overall progression and final boss, it's just hidden underneath everything else. Reaching the Ender Dragon is tied to crafting the best armor and weapons, then finding an Eye of Ender Pearl to face the beast in another realm entirely. Thankfully, the dragon itself isn't very hard to fight, but the sheer amount of stuff you have to do makes reaching it a hefty challenge. Also, although it's hard to do after so much preparation, dying to this thing sees you fall into the void and lose things like diamond armor and various other rare items. To date, only 6% of Minecraft players on PlayStation have faced and defeated the Ender Dragon. Number 7. Seth. Street Fighter 4. 
Another from the fighting game school of let's give this guy as many cheap moves as possible to manufacture challenge, even veteran Street Fighter players, of which there are millions, recommend turning the rounds down so you only have to beat Seth once. Sadly, even accomplishing that is a Herculean task, as Seth comes at you with teleports to interrupt your attacks, unblockable grapples, and screen-wide sweeps that'll catch you even attempting to land a blow. Kinda like Shao Kahn, it becomes a game of seeing which of your moves you can spam to win. Or you can dive into the settings even more to reduce round time to 30 seconds. In short, you can tell exactly what Capcom are going for here, and after Street Fighter 3's gill, it's no surprise, but what lay under Street Fighter 4's welcoming inky art style was a final arcade bout of pure pain. Number 6. Lou. Guitar Hero 3 Legends of Rock the Guitar Hero slash plastic guitar craze of the late 2000s was one hell of a thing. A super lucrative trend that eventually destroyed itself with too many peripherals and spin-offs, even Guitar Hero and Rock Band themselves couldn't bring it back in 2015. Arguably the best of the bunch then, not counting how stellar Rock Band's DLC offerings were, was Guitar Hero 3. A title that had you go up against literal legends of rock like Guns N' Roses slash and Rage Against the Machine slash Audio Slaves Tom Morello. For the final duel though, Neversoft put you up against the devil himself, Luke. Playing Charlie Daniels The Devil Went Down to Georgia, covered and made twice as hard by Stephen Wimette. Needless to say, this was already a complex song, but even on easy, it could give you a hard time during those escalating solos. On medium, hard, and especially expert, Devil Went Down to Georgia turns into the hardest song in the game this side of Dragon Forces through Fire and Flames. Number 5. Hades. From Hades. The Immaculate Hades is a must-play, a game that amazingly tells a meaningful story with great characters, intrigue, subversion, and payoff around the structure of a roguelike. By the time you reach Hades himself and are ready to leave the confines of hell, you'll likely have died countless amounts of times, interacted with various bosses who can go on to become your friends, and you'll have unlocked tons of weapon abilities and tactics to see you through. Still, Hades himself is an obscenely tough boss to fight. The game overall has a really solid challenge throughout, but not only are you going back to the beginning if you you lose, but Hades' attacks give you very little safe room. In between the crisscrossing lasers, summoned enemies, radial pulses, and projectiles is Hades coming directly for you. Shoulder barges, circular sweeps, he can even become a ball of rotating pure energy that will catch you at some point. Hades the game is tough, but Hades the god is brutal. Number 4. Senator Armstrong. Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Platinum Games' take on Metal Gear lore and Hideo Kojima's size storytelling saw them lampoon and pay tribute to the franchise and its creator in equal measure. For every badass mech duel or sword fight, there was a 30-minute monologue about politics and philosophy, eventually building to a showdown against Senator Armstrong. As the big bad of the whole game with nanomachine-powered skin, no less, this fight lasts a full half hour, comprising multiple stages, a spider mech, and a mutated Armstrong really going after you. The epitome of Ryzer's dodge and parry-heavy gameplay, every last input but from you must be spot on. Senator Armstrong can lock you into high damage dealing grapples and even his basic melee slams take huge chunks out of your life bar. The fight is checkpointed, but that whole final stretch, well, you'll have to do that without any restarts. Number three, the Lord of Doors, Death's Door. The inspiration behind this list and a being that is such a tedious individual to fight, Acid Nerve's Death's Door almost turns into Cuphead for its final bout. It's very satisfying puzzle and combat-wise, and all four prior bosses are fun to pick apart and defeat. The Lord of Doors, though, crunches all those timing windows down to milliseconds. Now you need to dodge at exactly the right time or get obliterated. The fight comprising multiple stages where the screen itself gets cluttered with obtrusive lasers and summoned enemies come at you from both sides. Even the Lord's 
health pool is notably bigger than any other boss, meaning you have to stay in that anxiety-riddled state of everything kicking off for a good chunk of time before he finally goes down. Number 2. Sephiroth on Hard Mode Final Fantasy VII Remake Final Fantasy VII's remake gets a ton right and a ton wrong, depending on who you ask. Its hard mode, though, is one of the best around, actually upending the very way you play and plan fights, making it so your MP can't be regained until in between chapters, and upping health pools of enemies, AI, aggression, etc. puts a premium on your biggest moves and spells. It means melee exchanges, item use, and status effects have to happen more frequently, and you really need to think about character loadouts and specific tactics in battle at every turn. In short, it's closer to the original Final Final Fantasy 7, and like that game too, your true test of everything is when Sephiroth enters the fold. Coming in multiple stages as teammates gradually return to battle, the real stickler with this final elongated fight is how much you need to juggle parries and elemental defense while doling out enough damage to kill him before he auto-wins at the very end. Yes, Sephiroth summons a big old meteor and then counts down until he wins. If your approach wasn't perfect this whole time, he'll still have too much health during this final phase and you'll lose anyway. Hard mode is genuinely the way to play this game, but this ending fight is ludicrously tough. And number one, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Talk about getting lucky with an at-the-time relatively unknown fighter who you just signed to a boxing game arriving in the near future. Turns out Mike Tyson was offered a measly $50,000 to appear in the original Punch-Out, the whole thing then working brilliantly in Nintendo's favor straight after. Overnight and backed by solid gameplay, Punch-Out became the game where you could try and fight the undefeated champ himself. Obviously, this being 80s arcade difficulty and the apex of the Nintendo hard period, Tyson came with instant knockouts for the first minute and a half of the fight, requiring perfect performance on your part to even make a dent. We're talking dodges of a handful of frames or less and the ultimate punishment if you're defeated. In-game Mike Tyson is the crystallized form of video game difficulty, an unrelentingly precise challenge that only the most dedicated players will ever surmount. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.